he jumped up. Not only did he lose a spouse, lost Social Security income, he jumped up in tax rates. So that's like a trifecta. You're like, goodness gracious, I lose my spouse and then that happens. So knowing what tax rates are for a, a single filer versus a married filer are a big deal. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the wind-up and the delivery. Glad to have you again on Perfect Game Retirement. If you're just joining us for the first time, remember you can find every episode online at blackoakam.com. That's where we'll find Ryden Ledden, too. He is the president and financial coach of Black Oak Asset Management. Today, we're talking a, a little more serious of a subject and one that you know most people don't want to ha- think about and that's the death of a spouse. But there is so much that goes into financial planning when this happens, and it can affect you in so many ways. And not only that, it's just such a difficult thing to deal with that you're trying to make these decisions financially when you're in this state of, of grief. And, and uh, it's, it's important to kind of have a plan for this and kind of be thinking ahead of this so that you are prepared to deal with these things when it happens. So let me welcome Ryan into the show. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing well. Just uh, all of a sudden turned summer. It's 95 and sticky outside, and it just it felt like it happened. Uh, felt like it happened overnight. But now, gosh, we're at the recording of the show. We're pretty much halfway through summer, and my kids are going back to school in uh, less than a month. So it's kind of crazy to think about. But our school system is kind of given the choice, and so my kids are going back to school. <laughs> is that their choice or your choice? It's actually theirs too, but yeah. uh, I said y'all need routine. Uh, you know, we'll we'll do whatever measures we got to do from, uh, you know, washing hands, social distancing, mask. Uh, well, I don't even know if my kids are going to wear a mask or not. I don't know if it's a mandatory thing yet, but I I would love to see my six year old son try to wear a mask <laughs> all day at school. That's going to be hilarious to see that see that happen. But again, we'll do whatever is mandated. But man, kids need routine. They need to be in a classroom amongst other kids. And at least mine do because they're very outgoing. So yeah, they, they were fully on board because they got bored with the online learning. And I know it's going to be different this fall for online learning, but they're, they, they need to be socially interactive with other kids. Yeah, no, that's a that's a choice a lot of parents would be making right now, and and uh, thankfully we don't have to yet with our young daughter. But she did have to wear a mask for the first time. We took her in for a nine month checkup and had oh, to wear man. a mask in the doctor's <laughs> office. And and I was shocked, man. Nine months old, forty five minutes in the doctor's office. She wore that thing really? the entire time. She cried a lot, but, but she didn't try to pull it off <laughs> or rip it off her face, which was amazing to me. That's impressive. Uh, wow, maybe that tells you about her her personality. She can just kind of cope with the situation she's in because that's impressive. Yeah, hopefully so. I was very surprised though by that. So, uh, well, let's get into the show. And, and before we do, let me give you the, the information you need about the show. Again, you can find everything online at blackoakam.com on Ryan and this show. And uh, there's a lot of resources there too. Don't, don't forget when you log on, you'll see immediately how to defuse a ticking tax time bomb. It is a free toolkit. You just put in your information. Ryan covers postage, sends it right to you. And that's very, very helpful and beneficial for you. You need to be thinking about tax planning, as we talked about in our last episode. That is a mistake that a lot of people make. So uh, take advantage of that tool on Ryan's website and get to that uh, as soon as you can. And, and go ahead and request that. I think you'll really find a lot of value in that. It's getting to know you time. As we get started here, though, we always do, or typically do, we begin with a little getting to know you question with Ryan to find out more about him away from the office, away from work, where he spends a lot of his time. But 
The question today for you, Ryan, I got is what fictional character would you most like to hang out with in real life? This, when I saw this question, um, it obviously piqued my interest. And so my mind went all over the place. I mean, I started, you know, thinking of sports figures from Roy Hobbs and the natural to, uh, to wild thing, Ricky Vaughn and major league, which one of my dear friends, uh, calls me Ricky. Um, <laughs> so, and then I'm like, ah, I don't know, let's do something different than just sports. Cause it feels like my life just revolves around that, which I don't, you know, I'm not complaining, but so then I started thinking about, okay, real movies that are like in my all time, you know, top three or four or five. And so gladiators, like my by far favorite movie of all time. So I'm like, that would be just that would be awesome to hang out with the gladiators and obviously specifically Maximus Decimus Meridius uh, is, <laughs> is a guy I think would be just from a just from a warrior standpoint to principles that he had throughout that whole movie and loyalty and anyway I just to be able to hang out with that guy for a day would be uh would be quite interesting yeah, that's a good one. I didn't even think about that, but that yeah, that would be a pretty cool one to to spend some time with. Go back to his time period too. Yeah, yeah. That and one. then have him ask me questions about our time, and he would. I don't know what his reaction would be. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he'd say about some of the things that we're dealing with right now. It might might be very yeah. interesting to hear. Uh, well, that's that's pretty cool. So that's a little getting to know you from Ryan. We try to do it on every episode. We'll also have a mailbag question at the end of the show. So stick around and, and make sure if you ever have anything on your mind, you can contact us at blackoakam.com. Well, look, we turned to our main topic today. It's a little more of a somber topic than we're typically uh, dealing with here, but it's an important one. You know, it's a life event that can be one of the most difficult things to go through both emotionally and financially. You know, when one spouse dies, the remaining spouse is left there to kind of figure out how to deal with all the questions and choices they have. And it's, you know, it's difficult to discuss. We know that, but proper planning can really make it a lot easier to transition through this major life event. So we're going to explore what someone should do in the event of a spouse passing. And it's going to happen to a lot of people. It's a situation a lot of people have to deal with, but uh, you know, a lot of the pre-planning can take place now and you'll be a lot better off for it. So let's begin Ryan with this, this conversation. And you know, when a new client comes into your office and talks to you, whether it's, you know, a husband or a wife, you know, right after losing their spouse, what's kind of their their biggest concern when they first come in? Yeah, and this these are great points. And yes, you're right. It, this is definitely more of a somber, uh, morbid conversation than we have, but it's hugely important because every single one of us is going to have to deal with this in some shape, form, or fashion. Whether it's uh, you know, for for me, my mom's already passed away, and then we're going to have to deal with it again if if my dad uh, precedes me in, in death. And so everyone's going to have to deal with it, whether it's a spouse, parents, hopefully not kids, God forbid. But we're going to have to deal with this some area of our life, especially when it comes to the financial part. So obviously, as soon as it happens, I mean, the grieving part is is definitely the the most uh, trying part, but then you just try to walk people through, okay, here's some of the things we need to, we need to think about now. Shameless plug here. I mean, for w when we meet with people, especially if it's a married couple, we make sure both spouses are at every meeting. I get they can't sometimes logistically be at every meeting, but we want uh, both spouses to know where things are, why we're doing things. And just so they have an idea. And I get it. Usually there's one person that's more into this financial nerdiness and, and wants to know where everything's at and knows where everything is at. But the other person needs to know because we've inherited clients or they have come to us after 
a spouse has passed away and they're in, in complete disarray. They have no idea where things are, what to do, who to call. It can be very, very sad. Not only dealing with the passing of a, of a spouse or a parent, whatever the example is, they're having to deal with where's their money at? How do we get these accounts changed over into, into our names? How were they titled before? Were they joint accounts? Anyway, so many things to think about. And if you're not financially savvy or in the know, then you, you don't have any idea. Again, you just don't know what you don't know. So taking care of the short-term stuff, obviously from a planning standpoint, obviously most of that stuff is taking care of the funeral, things of that nature, but then quickly shifting gears because they have to pay for things like that. Okay, where are those funds coming from? How liquid are our investments that we do have? So a lot of things to think of, and we usually tell people not to make any huge big decisions within the first six months to a year from a financial standpoint. We want to just grieve and let that, it never goes away, but suppress that grieving after um, a period of time because time does heal, but we definitely don't want to make huge financial decisions because I've seen it many times before people want to, and it's just not, it's usually not a good idea to do. Yeah, I would just imagine, like, I when I think about it, it's like, I don't even, I feel like you wouldn't even know where to start. There's just, just, you feel so overwhelmed about everything. And there's just so many moving parts and pieces and decisions to be made and people asking you things and you just don't know where to start. So, you know, our goal here is to try to help people kind of narrow down where that focus is going to be. So when one spouse dies, what are those immediate challenges that that other spouse is left to deal with? Yeah. And, and one thing that I've seen a few times, and this happened, um, I've, I've seen a, a case where, you know, when a spouse passes away, and we talked about in previous episode, episodes, excuse me, we, we've talked about social security. And if you have two, a married couple and you have two streams of social security income, well, you don't get to keep both. And I don't want to assume that everyone knows that, but I've had people going, oh, wow, you do. So again, there's there's two income streams of social security. One passes away. Well, one of them's going to go away. So you do get a reduction there. Now, the silver lining there is you get to keep the higher of the two benefits, but you're still going to lose something. So again, if, if one spouse's benefit is $3,000 and the other spousal benefit is $1,500, well, if the, if the one that's receiving $3,000 a month the spouse who's still living keeps that 3000 but they lose the 1500 So immediately, boom, $1,500 is gone. Well, some people say, well, okay, now there's just one person, so you may not need as much income. Well, more times than not, income needs don't really change a whole lot. It's not like income needs get cut in half because there's one less person. That is not the case. Uh, so many times, losing that that uh, benefit of, of another Social Security income can sting and it can hurt. And if people don't know that going in, then it, it's it's kind of an eye-opening experience. Yeah, eye-opening indeed. It can be very difficult for a lot of people. Um, so let's, let's talk, uh, let's share some stories, Ryan, just some experiences you've had in this, because I know you've you've dealt with this on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, as good of stories. I mean, if you're, if you plan ahead and prepare ahead again, we're still talking about a death. So I I use that term lightly when I say good and bad stories, but people who prepare ahead, it's much less stressful to deal with. And so that social security income is just one component, losing one of those. Another one is potentially, again, not blanket statement here, but uh, with my dad, I saw it uh, when my mom passed away. Now, my mom passed away before I was an advisor. Uh, she's, she passed away several years before I became an advisor. But if you look at the tax code and how it's written, depending on how what kind of income you have coming in, 
when a spouse passes away the next year, you're now filing single. You're not filing joint anymore. And so I mentioned before that usually income stays pretty close to the same, even though one spouse passes away. So what happens is when you file single, one, you lose a standard deduction or an itemized deduction, but most of the time a standard deduction in retirement. So that increases your taxable income. But also if you're still taking about the same income, now you have jumped and potentially jumped, I should say, in the marginal tax rate for the for federal taxes. So and that happened to my dad because he's a he's a pension employee. And so he had a certain amount of income coming in, obviously lost a spousal benefit from a social security standpoint, but his income increased just because married and filing single are two different income thresholds. And so he jumped up. Not only did he lose a spouse, lost social security income, he jumped up in tax rate. So that's like a trifecta. You're like, goodness gracious, I lose my spouse and then that happens. So knowing what tax rates are for a, a single filer versus a married filer are a, a big deal. I mean, they're definitely a big deal. So, but also too, I, I had a, a person as their spouse had a pension coming in. Well, when that person passed away, the pension was cut in half. So they had a, um, it was a joint and survivor pension plan, but it was a 50% joint survivor. It wasn't a hundred percent joint survivor. So when you see that, that joint survivor term, you need to know if there is some sort of pension coming in and one person passes away, what's the income afterwards? Sometimes it stays the same, but in this case, the income was cut in half and had no idea, no idea. So again, social security was cut in half and then, you know, the pension was cut in half. So, I mean, there's, there can be some really adverse effects for someone passing away other than just the emotional side of it. So, and then you have estate planning, uh, depending on people's situation, you know, it depends on if they had a will, if they had this all mapped out and hopefully they have, it's amazing how many people don't have a will. Uh, so please, if you don't have one, get something in place. So it's not drug out and, and probate for a long period of, of time. And I can see that being a stressor for a lot of people because if it's tied up in probate, court systems aren't the swiftest in the world. So it's going to have to wait to be probated if there's no will. And some people think just because you have a will, it still needs to go through probate. It's just a much quicker process if you have that in place. Now, if it's a married couple and you have assets that are titled together, like a joint account, then that's a really smooth transition. So you just, one person's name just comes off the account and really nothing nothing changes from a title standpoint other than just proven to the entity, here's the death certificate. Okay, let's take this person's name off. And then nothing really changes. So that's where titling things is very important. Beneficiary forms, hugely important. And I think we talked about this on the show before, but if we haven't, let's cover it again. Yeah, Beneficiary forms on any accounts, trump your what's stated in your will. So please, 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 when you meet with your advisor or if you don't have an advisor and you have retirement accounts, make sure your beneficiaries are up to date because whatever's on that beneficiary form, that custodian, that company that's holding your money that you get your statements from, they're going to deploy that money to the people that it says on their beneficiary form. They don't care about your will. They want to see what's on the beneficiary form. So if you've been divorced or you know someone on that beneficiary form has passed away and you forgot to update it please 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 do so because that is that's hugely important well we talked a lot of, about a lot of uh, maybe slightly depressing 
topic. So let's try to end up here on a high note. Um, you, you share some stories and examples of people that maybe didn't plan uh, well before this happened. Let's go to the other side of this and talk about, give me an example of maybe somebody that you saw or worked with that left their uh, their spouse, their widowed spouse with a very solid financial position because they got ahead of things and planned things out. Yeah. So that, that's a good point to end on, a, end on a high note. So yeah, if you do proper planning, I mean, this can be as smooth of a transition as it can be. Again, I'm taking the emotional side out of it because that's right. not going to be a smooth transition. But from a financial standpoint, I mean, if you have conversations with, again, spouses being on the same page, but also kids being on the same page, you know, money's a, a touchy subject for a lot of people and inheritance is a touchy subject for a lot of people, if that's even in the cards for, for people. But uh, being as transparent as possible is is usually the best solution. You don't want people figuring things out after you're gone or fighting over possessional items or money or whatever it may be. So being as transparent as you can and having uh, legacy plans in, in place, not just from a, a legal document standpoint, from an estate planning or a will, but having conversations with those family members uh, of what's going to happen and where things are. And, and, and so they're not scrambling to find passwords and websites and login information. You don't want to do that. So I've seen where people have legacy drawers, if you will. Now, legacy drawers is a lot less of a physical, tangible thing. Now it's more of a, a lot of our clients have a have a online where they can keep everything on there. It's kind of like a vault, an online vault, if you will. And they can keep life insurance policies and long-term care policies or whatever it may be. They can keep it saved in there. So there's just one login to, to know and, and to remember. So but one specific incident, I still remember this very, very vividly. And so one of our clients did pass away and met with the, the spouse who was, who was still living. And, and it wasn't a complete shock that they passed away, maybe when they did, but they, it, it was kind of one they knew it was coming. Uh, but it did happen a little sooner than expected. But, and he took out a life insurance policy. This is way before me, before I came their advisor. But he had a life insurance policy that is one of those he got such a long time ago, he kind of forgot about it. But in life insurance can be, I'm not saying everybody go out and buy a policy, but but it, it can be a huge planning tool. Even in retirement, I get so many people saying, oh, I don't, you know, in retirement, I'll be self-insured. I'll be self-insured. You know, there will be plenty of assets there. And maybe so, but it is a it is a tax free gift that you get to give to to a loved one and in this case they were well into retirement and this old policy um, was still chugging along and he thought it was a certain dollar amount and when the check came in i remember i was at her house the day the check came in and it was four times the amount that she anticipated and so like the, i still vividly remember the look on her face of, I mean, it was, it was tears of joy and tears of sadness at the same time. But she, I remember she looked up and like, I literally opened the check with her and she looked up and she's like, I'm going to be okay. I mean, that's when you hear that as an advisor. Now, again, I wasn't responsible for selling the insurance policy, but just things like that, knowing that, okay, he did a good thing a long time ago, taking care of his family. And now the spouse who thought they were going to be a little bit financially tight, um, when you get a tax-free life insurance check that's four times the amount. The the piece that kind of came over her was was great. I mean, having to be there, I was, you know, nervous and and having to deal with someone who passed away, but then seeing that look on her face and saying, I'm gonna be okay, aren't I? Is 
It's like, absolutely you are. And so just seeing that burden uh, just completely lift off her shoulders, it was, it was awesome. And I'm like, all right, that's why I do what I do. And you know, honestly, that's like one final act of love too, you know? that you mm-hmm. can kind of leave for your spouse, such as such a, maybe even give you a little closure. Uh, but just that final act of, of kindness and, and care and, and, and concern for your spouse is, uh, is just kind of icing on the cake. But that's a really mm-hmm. cool story to end on for sure. But this is an important topic and it's difficult to go through, but it just, we want to stress the importance of the planning and pre-planning and getting ahead of this and kind of having things in order in case, you know, the worst case happens. And that's, that's part of planning is planning for those big life events and being prepared so they don't overwhelm you and overcome you uh, along the way. So appreciate that, Ryan. Let's close out here this episode with a little mailbag question. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, this one comes in from Bert in Athens. He says, Ryan, I want to retire when I'm 55, which is six years away. What should I be doing for the next decade to put myself in a position to do that? Oh, great question, Bert. Uh, there's several things you, you can do. I mean, the, that pre-retiree, you know, that someone who's inside of 10 years. I mean, one of the most important things from a nest egg standpoint is your savings rate. Uh, I mean, sure, you want rates of return and all that, but, you know, usually, not always, but usually in your 50s, those are those are usually your your higher income earning years. So we need to be plowing money away. So your savings rate is much more important at that stage than your rate of return. Again, somebody younger, rate of return is really important as well as savings rate, but rates of return kind of move the needle uh, a little quicker. But then when you get to your mid 50s or uh, early 60s, whatever it may be, your savings rate is is a ton more important. But also too, looking at debt, you know, you're six years away, what kind of debt do we have, if any? And so if it is just our house or a car payment, let's try to plow through that as well. Because that's a, because once you get to retirement, it's about income. It's not about rate of return. It's about income. And it's not about nest egg. It's about income. So you want to know what's coming in. So if we don't have $450 going out to a car payment or $1,200 going out to a house note, that's income you don't need. So it takes less stress off your uh, nest egg or your asset total. So let's make a plan for uh, our savings rate. Let's make a plan for getting rid of as much debt as possible. And let's, let's also, too, going back to a tax planning component, let's see how we're allocated from a pre-tax, post-tax allocation. And so if we're still heavy, heavy, heavy into pre-tax, okay, let's take a look at our nest egg. And if we need X amount of dollars coming in in retirement, What's that doing to our tax rate? Well, most people just assume I'm going to be in a lower tax bracket in retirement. Well, you may not be. Uh, That's a very common thing that people are in the same tax bracket, if not higher, in retirement for a variety of reasons. But because maybe, you know, they're taking a Social Security income, they're taking all their money out of a pre-tax 401k or IRA, their itemized deductions are a lot less. So they're just having to go with a standard deduction. There's so many factors that could put you in the same tax bracket. So we need to look at possibly doing Roth conversions. Not saying you have to, but let's look at Roth conversions over the next six to 10 years to try to get us in a lower tax bracket and not be on the hook to the IRS. So those are kind of the main three things, our savings rate, getting rid of as much debt as possible. And let's look at our tax planning situation and see what we can do to, to knock down some of that taxation because the IRS is your first beneficiary. Uh, I mean, I say that jokingly, but kind of going back to our conversation, our main topic, but yeah, you may have beneficiaries on your IRAs, but the IRS gets the first cut. 
and they're always going to get the first cut. And it doesn't matter if it's a inherited IRA or IRA going from spouse to spouse. When you take that money out, they will get theirs. And so let's try to eliminate them as much as possible. It's a great question too. And I, you know, something you should really be considering and, and hopefully a lot of other pre-retirees are thinking like you are, Bert, but thanks for asking that. And I, you know, obviously you want to sit down with whoever your advisor is and, and start planning those things out and going through each one of these items because there's a lot you can do, but the further off you, you get ahead of them, the better shape you'll be in as you approach retirement. You want to try to cram in all those things right before you step away from work. So if you're looking for someone to work with, Bird, or anyone that's listening to this show, Ryan and his team at Black Oak Asset Management are there to help you out. He's a financial coach, has a lot of resources on his website that you can access without working with him. But if you decide you want to have that first meeting with him, you can reach out to him at 470-508-0508. You can find him online as well, blackoakam.com. We'll close it out on that note, Ryan. Thanks for the time today. Um, tough conversation, but I think you, you shined a light on, on on the importance of planning and getting ahead of of, of things before, you know, God forbid you or your spouse passes away. Yeah, tough conversations to have. A lot of people, um, you know, you, you, as an advisor, a lot of times you need to build relationships with people before they really want to just start opening up about conversations like that. So it is something, a rapport thing you need to build with uh, with your clients, but it's uh, it's definitely a conversation you, you need to have. It would We would not be doing our job if, if we just decided to sweep that under the rug just because it makes people a little bit uncomfortable. We have to ask those tough questions. Yeah, no doubt. Well, we did so today and uh, we'll do so again on the next episode. So make sure you hit subscribe. This is Perfect Game Retirement. We thank you for listening. The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta, Cartersville, and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledden, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Black Oak Asset Management and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.